Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, hello, Sandro here. I just finished editing the episode and I thought it would be a good idea to pop in ahead of time and let you know that the movie we are reviewing today, The Goddess of 1967, does feature some pretty dark uh, and heavy topics. They are very integral to the overall plot of the story, so we do talk about them during this episode. So I wanted to let you know that this upcoming episode does feature discussions about suicide and about sexual assault. If these topics are triggering to you, I would advise skipping this episode. Come back next week. It's going to be a lot lighter. The next few episodes are going to be a lot lighter. So uh, yeah, just thought I would put that little warning here at the start just to let you know in advance. Uh, If you are still listening though, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is number 160, our review of the Australian movie, The Goddess of 1967. Imagine a year where Zach picks an art house film by mistake and it makes you very uncomfortable. Oh, what year could that happen in? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to Aldi Butter Goody, or should I say, uh, good day and welcome. <laughs> oh, good day, mate. It's an Australian <laughs> film we're putting on our Australian accents. We talk about movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. It's January, so you picked, like, an art... Not art house, I would say an artistic drama Mm. uh, set in Australia, and therefore, because it is set in Australia, we are going to be doing nothing but Australian accents for the entire episode. Mm. My name is Sandro, and your name is... Zacky Tucker, right here at ya. Is that a reference to the fact that we call ACDC Akadaka? Uh, sort of. It's just the thing that everyone says because Zack rhymes with attack. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, absolutely, Yakadaka, Zakataka. That's Zakataka. it. And we're chatting about the goddess of 1967. And you put ice in your beer, and I can tell from your face that you're regretting diluting that lovely pale ale. I, I, I was regretting saying Zakataka, actually. The <laughs> yeah. beer's great. The beer's helping me deal with your bullshit and my bullshit. I don't have a drink today. I'm going uh, with just water uh, because uh, this movie is quite a sober look mm. at Australia, I feel. Uh, Sandro, mm. you said you didn't have a drink, but water is a drink. Oh no, you've got me there. You fucking liar, mate. You caught me lying on the podcast. What's going to happen now? We should probably explain what we're doing, how we do the show, what is what it's all about. Well, yeah, it's 2001. Order of Movies were released. This came out this week back in 2001. 
uh, kinda. It's a festival movie, so it's complicated. We pick and choose our own release mm. dates when we do festival movies. It's it's definitely a. It feels like a festival film. It feels like the only people who would really watch this are festival goers. Wow, that sounds like you didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm just saying it's that sort of film. Yeah. It has that vibe. I I, I actually quite enjoyed this movie. Hmm. It made me feel things, which is not always a good thing, but it, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It made me very uncomfortable at times, which is what it was trying to do, you know? Yeah. And sometimes when we watch films, that's what we need them to do. Make us, make us feel things. And that's why we watch films. This time, though, really wish... <laughs> Really wish, uh, she just shot him. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, spoilers ahoy! All the spoilers. <laughs> spoilers ahoy for the movie Goddess of Nineteen. If you like, if you like art house films and festival films and it's, stuff, this isn't. This isn't art. We watched Wings of Desire and Yelan last year. This is not art house. And I feel like it's on par. To be honest, really. In a different manner. Yeah, 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 but in a different way. You it's know? not really the sort of movie that you need to interpret, though, which is what I think a lot of art house films are. Yeah, but it's also... I don't know. I guess its message is kind of clear, but it's also... It's not something you need to interpret. The idea is that it's it's showing you a message and displaying what people are like in a more mm. visceral manner than a regular film would have it. There's nothing here portrayed that isn't real. This is true. That's the thing. This is true. But yet, also, the movie had a very dreamlike mm. look to it. Everything was very washed out. It took me a while to get used to mm. it, actually. Because uh, at first I was like, whoa, this is an interesting style. Mm. Almost artsy, you could say. Oh, perhaps the arts were involved. Mm. <laughs> Because you see, movies are an art form, Sandro. Ah, yes. And art could be interpreted anyway, and art doesn't necessarily need to be interpreted. You don't need to interpret the statue of David. He just is there. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really good, really cool. Uh, never heard of it before. Kind of wish I had, because this was a really solid yeah. Australiana movie. It did. The the thing is, every kind of um like summary of this movie online that just kind of like lets you know what it's about. They all say that the main character is a young girl. Uh, whereas in the context of the movie, she's definitely older than what those uh those things were saying. Uh, how young did it say? Well, when it said young girl, I was thinking, oh right, so she's like fourteen or fifteen. It's like coming of age. Yes. No, she's she's in her early twenties in the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So young woman would be more accurate. Yeah, exactly. So that's just a little fault. Yes, definitely gave me preconceptions that made me very uncomfortable at points. Yes. Yes. But, but yeah, I think she's meant to be like 20 or something. So anyway, um, before we jump right into the movie, though, quick thing to plug over on our Patreon this week for upwards of five US dollars a month. You can get two bonus episodes a month. Uh, the first one of this month is already out, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, really mm. fun, horror comedy. He's our Bud, the Chud. He is our Bud, Bud the Chud. A great song. Bud, Bud, Bud the Chud. Hey, you know what? And and I feel like that's that's the important thing we can take away from that. And we don't need to, to talk about the rest of the movie itself. 
Just that that soundtrack was great. We've already talked about it at length, and you can hear that if you want, and we'll never talk about that movie ever again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woof. But out on Wednesday is New York Ninja, mm. our review of New York Ninja. That's going to be a fun one. And we could talk about that one again. We won't at the moment because we need you to go pay and listen to the episode. But we could talk about it. We, we could talk about that one a bit more. But let's get into this film that we're talking about today, Goddess of 1967. Zach, you chose it out of every other movie that came out this week in 2001. Do you want me to just go through these options see if you yeah, like? Maybe you I should have chosen every other one. movie, but how many movies were there? Four? Like four. <laughs> yeah, right. So so weren't too many options, but what were my other ones? Uh, protection. A mobster moves to a new town, but can't escape his violent past. Mm, yeah, the problem with that sort of film is when it's coming out in January, I know exactly what it's going to be like, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't want to watch uh, there was Sugar and Spice, a dark comedy group of high school cheerleaders commit armed robbery when one of them needs money. That could have been funny. That could have been good. Things Behind the Sun, a young music journalist uh, has dark memories. They are awakened when uh, the journalist goes to interview a rock star. Probably would have been on par with this film for its, like, artsiness, I feel. Maybe. Or it could have just been bad. And you say, actually, you said before that all movies are art. Uh, I don't think this next movie is art. <laughs> the Wedding Planner, a uh, film about a wedding planner who falls in love with the groom. Mm. Um, look, popular movie, very popular rom-com, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not art. Oof, shots fired, but also touche, good sir. It is one of those popular 2001 movies, though. I think everyone knows about The Wedding Planner. <laughs> popular? We don't want to see popular stuff. We want to find the, the gems in the rough. Mm. That means we have to... We don't, we don't want to go to a museum and see the art. We want to get out there and dig the art up ourselves, you know? We want to find it in the caves. We're like explorers going into the wilderness in the caves to find the ancient cave paintings. And then stealing them and taking them and selling them for a profit. <laughs> Correct, but also most of it is just shit smeared on a wall. Mostly it is. Yeah. Yes. It mostly so, is. But this time we found some cave paintings. And yes, there was shit smeared on this cave painting, but I think it was there on purpose to make you ponder <laughs> and think about the human condition. Ew. <laughs> 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 Like, the eel was uh, definitely needed. So this premiered at the Venice Film Festival uh, in September of 2000. Uh, the release date we're going by is January 25th, 2001, when it played at the Netherlands Festival. <laughs> yes, bit of bit of manipulation so we can shove a movie in as an extra option, I see. <laughs> Very good, Sandra. Look, look, film festival movies... Are, uh, they're open and everywhere and they're closing everywhere all the time. So you just kind of kind of pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And today we're in the Netherlands and we won't be doing accents for the Netherlands because I don't know how to do a Netherlands accent. Or <clears throat> I think I can do a Netherlands accent. Do boo, do boo, a boo, do boo. 
I can't believe the Swedish... Sh- sh- we don't really talk about current events on this show because mm. we usually record uh, a-, a bit further in advance. Mm. But really, but this is an important matter. I can't believe the Swedish chef said that the other day. Mm. I, his career will never bounce back. I can't believe he said, Erdebrr. Oh my God. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said that word for word. <laughs> wow. That could be taken out of context these days, you know? That audio could be isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't take that out of context, people, all right? (laughs) All right, this movie, co-written and directed by Clara Law. She wrote it with her partner, Eddie Fong. Um, She, before this, made a bunch of, like, award-winning movies in Hong Kong from the 70s uh, Mm. until she moved to Australia in the mid-90s. When she moved to Australia... She made a movie called Floating Life, which is about a Hong Kong family that moves down under. Massive hit. Yeah. She won awards with that movie. She won awards with this movie. She got Best Director uh, for this at the Chicago Film Festival. Um, but really good director, I think. Really, really good director. Yeah, she's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. she. As I said, I think she's speaking from experience with a lot of these interactions. Mm. And it shows. Like, the Australian people, how they're just fucking assholes on the road <laughs> yeah it's great like they're just like oh you're you're driving 10 miles under the speed limit honk 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 <laughs> yeah that seems realistic you know what i believe that yeah that really immersed me in the film um them struggling with just angry traffic <laughs> I felt like that was very realistic, and that that really brought me into the film. Uh, for the cast, Rose Byrne is BG. That's the character's name. Mm. Stands for Blind Girl. Uh, in the movie, they call her Deirdre, so I don't know why she's credited as Blind Girl, but she is. I mean, that's what her character is, so I guess that makes sense with what the credit is, but yeah, Deirdre. Uh, this was her first ever film role. She won Best Actress at the at the Venice Film Festival based off this film. So immediately at the gate winning awards. Yeah. Is she blind? No. No, she's not. No. I didn't think so. But good on her. She, I think she sells it pretty well. Yeah. You probably recognize her. She's from a bunch of stuff. She's Padme's handmaid in Star Wars Episode 2. Whoa! Whoa, no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that at some point, <laughs> but then I thought I was just fucking crazy. No way. No, it's her, it's her. But she's also in Insidious, she's in X-Men First Class, Bridesmaids. X-Men First Class? Yeah, Who's she's playing? the CIA agent? Oh, okay, okay. The other lead in this movie is called JM. JM stands for Japanese Man. <laughs> wow, these are really creative names they've come up for these characters. He's played by Rikiya Kurakawa. Uh, it looks like this was mm. his first big role. I th- saw a bunch of TV shows that he's done after this. None of it really looked familiar. I don't think it's really broken mm. out into the, uh, the, the, the Western audience, mm. for want of a better term. Um, but he's great. He's also quite good in this movie as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's good. And finally, Nicholas Hope plays Grandpa. He is a very controversial but award-winning dark comedic Australian actor. He's in a movie called Bad Boy Buddy, mm. which I think is getting its 30th, maybe 40th anniversary this year. That is a wild mm. movie. Uh, if if you have studied Australian film, you've probably seen it, and oh, oh my. Uh, he's also in the live-action Scooby-Doo, 
and he's in the Evil Dead TV show as well. So he has broken out yeah, in Australia. He plays a real asshole in this movie. So oh, you hate him from the get go. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the, the the character, but as an actor, I felt like he played it well. But also. And uh, not a not a fan. No, there was a moment when you're like, maybe he's okay, but then you remember the rest of the movie and you're like, oh no, this yeah, flashback no, is lying to me. That's that's the thing. It it ha- plays light-hearted scenes. So spoiler alert, it plays light-hearted scenes as flashbacks, but they're flashbacks after you've learned horrible things about the characters. Mm, that was quite clever. I liked that decision. Yeah, yeah. It really it really plays with your feelings as a human being. Because mm. as human beings, we're, we're, we're built to like one another. Yeah, we're, sure. We don't want to hate one another. Sure. We want to be buddies. And then, and then this happens. And I'm like, come on, man. I just wanted to drink a beer and enjoy a good movie. Why you got to make me feel things? So, despite this being a big film festival hit, does not have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's got four reviews. I think they're all positive, though. So 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yep. It's th- the same as New York Ninja out on Patreon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> out on Patreon on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, the audience score is 79%, which feels more accurate. Uh, people do like yeah, the movie. Yeah, very positive. Very positive. 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. 6.9, really a bit lower. A bit lower than I thought. IMDb reviewers are usually a bit more... Like, they're regular people. Rotten Tomatoes audience scores are people who (laughs) think that their opinion matters more than the regular Joe. IMDb reviewers are just people. Yeah, because they click on the first link. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Rotten Tomato people are either... They're very uh, spectrum-orientated. They either give it, like... Up the top, high praise, yeah. lowest praise possible, or right in the middle. And there's very little in between. Yeah, whereas, uh, yeah, like, IMDb is a lot of in the middle. And don't even get me started on Google movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> They're all positive. <laughs> Every single one I've ever seen has been positive, because only people who like the film Google it and give it a thumbs up on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The budget of this, $3 million dollars. Don't know how much it made, because uh, obviously most of it wasn't wide theatrical releases. Yep. But uh, I would assume it's made its money back. Three mils, a pretty good budget for this, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of like home release, it's on DVD here in Australia. You can buy it for Ooh. $50 if you want, because they're very rare, very limited. Just rent it from your library. Mm. If you're in a major city, you can probably find it at your library. It's not streaming anywhere either. This is a hard movie to find. <laughs> it was very difficult to find, yes. But yeah. There's no taglines. Oh, that's a shame. I was hoping there'd be one. Well, you can make one up if you want. Uh, taglines. Um, she's 20, okay? In this context, she's 20. <laughs> well, you said she was a young girl. So I was like, oh, is she like 16 in this? And then they, and then they made out. All right. I'm going to spoil it here. They made out and more than made out during the movie. And I was like, how young is she supposed to be? Oh, God. Yeah. But then the flashbacks, the the flashbacks gave me a sort of good idea of actually that she was a bit older. Yeah. But still. All right, let's get into the plot of this movie. The plotty plot plot. The plop. Ew. Because it's a lake. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
sorry. No, no, no. I would like to know where this is going. Um, it's plop because it's a lake. Follow that up, please. Well, please a lake, elaborate. Right, a lake yep. is very artistic. Yes. You look at a lake and you go, hmm, I could picture some art <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's very picture- picturesque. Picturesque. And what, what makes a lake better? Throwing a stone in it. Mm. Making a little plop. Yeah, yeah. And you know what that is? The plop makes the lake better. The stone makes the lake better. What is the plop? The plop is this movie being thrown into the lake of life. What? Making your life better. I'm so glad you explained it, though. That, that That's very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Welcome. Definitely welcome. Certainly, this is a thinker's podcast, I think. You know? I think this is a parody of thinker's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but you saying it's a parody of Thinker's Podcast, is that not a thinking oh, point? Oh, you are correct. Mm. Now we must ponder. Mm. Mm. I shall stroke my beard while I explain that we are in a dystopian train cart going through a dystopian city. Oh, wait, it's just Tokyo. Never mind. Oh, yeah. The start of the movie was really weird. Then... We see a picture of Jeff Bezos's computer what? as he types, I want to buy God. That's a pretty good joke. <laughs> good work on that see? joke. <laughs> I wrote that down immediately because I was like, that's a good joke. Oh, but then Jeff Bezos is like, oh, much like how I pay my workers, <laughs> I will press the backspace button a lot. Oh, <laughs> yikes. And I will get rid of I want to buy God, and I will simply write I want to buy a goddess. A goddess. This, of course, refers to a 1970s goddess, a vehicle that we learn about later on. I love how after every hard-to-watch sequence in this movie, there is an ad for a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good car. I'm not gonna lie, it looks like a pretty nice car. It looks like a good uh, car, yeah. Gonna look this up. The Citron DS, also known as the Goddess. Yes. Uh, and apparently the best ones were made in 1967, I guess? I don't know. Yes, but that air suspension. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that while uh, the human race were exploring space and landing on the moon, the Citron DS won every major rally event in the world? I didn't know that. You didn't know? You weren't watching the movie! Mm. For that was one of the sequences in the movie. Yeah, I didn't watch the movie, and I didn't just say I didn't know that because I was leading into you explaining it so that the audience could hear the fact properly. Oh. But now that you've called me out, you've caught me. I didn't watch any of the movies. Oh, no. <laughs> you, re- you really had me going for the start of the episode because you were naming plot points and you were naming the emotions yeah. and how it made I just, you feel. I just clicked in the movie at random points. I just clicked in the movie at random points to pick up things. <laughs> anyway, we should continue on with the plot. We should. How does, does it start? Yeah, well, we see uh, who's typing on the computer. It isn't Jeff Bezos who wants to buy God. It's it's actually an Asian man. An Asian man who lives a very simple life. Mm. He he lives in a, a small apartment and he feeds his snakes. Sometimes a girl comes over and she uh, likes the snakes and yes. takes care of the snakes. I'll tell you what, she definitely likes one of the snakes in that house. <laughs> oh, I'm cutting that. <laughs> Are you though? No. Are you though? <laughs> 
They won't. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. When a joke doesn't... Like, when the punchline of your joke... And this is just a word of advice to all mm. podcasters out there. Mm, mm, if you say mm. a joke and the punchline doesn't hit as hard as you think it would, say, I'm going to cut that. And that then yeah, is a good punchline. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was good. It was good. That's a good tip. Yeah. See, I told you this was a wise podcast. This is a big brain smart podcast. podcast. Right Very smart. Smart podcast. So he uh, he slams down some noodles as he feeds his snakes some some mice, and we see more of the the conversation. He wants a goddess, uh, a nineteen sixty seven. He asks how many eyes it has, mm. and they say four. So I thought maybe it might have been a spider for a second. Oh, because. Exotic pets, right? Yes. Because he's really into exotic pets. True, but no. <laughs> no. But he does go to a pet store and he sees all these exotic pets. I like I like some exotic pets. He tells a girl, hey, I'm going to be gone a week. Yep. Can you look after my snakes? Yep, yep, yep. And that's when he, he negotiates the price as well. We see that he's paying 35000 mm. I think, for the, for the car. Originally asked 40000 as 35 Yeah. He practices swimming in his house. Yep. <laughs> that was a moment. Yeah, he was in, he was in jocks and a snorkel. And just like, he wasn't in a pool or a bath or anything. He was just standing in his apartment doing strokes mm-hmm. of some sort. It was very silly. Is that the scene where like the song keeps changing every like five seconds and we get like 20 songs in the space of a couple um, minutes? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah, it also then cuts to... The uh, typical Australian household. Mmm, the family he's buying the car off of. And they don't look like a very rich family. So uh, he goes to Australia. He goes to the house. Their house. He knocks on the door. The only person there to let him in is this uh, 20-year-old blind young woman. She lets him in, and he's like, where's the people I'm meant to be buying the car off of? And she's like, oh... Uh, well, the husband killed the wife and then killed himself, and there's brains all over the ceiling, there's blood over there as well. Just don't really look at it, it's kind of gross. Anyway, you want some food or something? What? Yeah. (laughs) Hold up! Hang on a second! Hold the phone! And that's all we, the all we see of those two characters. We see one scene where they're happy they're gonna get their money, and the next scene, they are, the only things we see is blood and brains on the wall. Murder-suicide. Damn. What? Yeah, that certainly turned this movie up a notch, I'd say. I'd say several notches. Quite a few notches. But but it's okay, because it turns out they didn't actually own the car. Yes, which is the only thing that really matters in this movie, I'll say. Is the car. Is the car. Yeah, the car is the main character. Correct. So, uh, sorry, I'm reading my notes and there's a lot of, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was also like, What? Because at first I was like, did she kill them? Yeah, yeah. I thought she might have also killed them, but yeah. I think it was just a double murder, murder suicide thing where they left a child. Like, damn, mm. that's pretty, pretty dark. Yeah, because the blind girl, we'll call her that, because that's what she's credited as. The blind mm. girl, uh, she is also taking care of this quite young child as well, like eight-ish who then pours a drink on top of her head and giggles. Yep, so she's she's dealing with her parents' death pretty well. 
She's fine. She's fine. She's insane. She's so fine, we could probably just leave her at a gas station and tell her what number to call for the police. Yep. Which is what they do. And then uh, the Asian guy is like, well, this has all been delightful. <laughs> but can I see this car that I was, you know, promised that I came all this way for? Yeah. She's like, sure. Let's go see this car. He gets in the car. He has a big cry. Yeah, they go to the garage and she can't turn on the light because she doesn't know where the light is because she doesn't need it because she's blind. Mm. Whereas he's like, ah, oh, damn, I don't know don't know where the light is. So he pulls out his lighter to sort of shine it on the car. He gets a good look. He's like, ooh. He hops in. Yep. He starts his bad boy up. And then the air suspension kicks in. And I thought for a second the car was actually flying. I thought that as well. <laughs> and I was like, wait, is there sci-fi? Well, I thought that this movie would be quite... Like, that was a moment when I was like, oh, this is an arty movie. The car's going to take off in a space and he's going to be crying and you're going to be like, this is Uh, what he's feeling. But no, it's just air suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's pretty cool still. It's still pretty cool. Again, that air suspension, I want to see what it's like to be flying, Mm. you know, in a car. And uh, then, yeah, we see he's like, oh, man, this is really emotional for me. I finally got this car that I've always wanted. And so he has a big cry. And then she hops in the car and is like, hey, you want to drive it? Yeah. And they go for a drive. What did you think of the driving effects? I thought they were very cool because it's them obviously driving against a green screen. (laughs) Yes. And the background is like really framey. It almost looks like it's a dream. And I thought it was cool. But then it also randomly cuts to, like, the actual car on the road, and we see other cars behind them. Yep. So it cuts between the green screen driving and actual driving. And that was a really cool choice as well. What did you think of it? I think, uh, possibly they should have stuck to just green screen. Mm. To keep that consistency so that you weren't brought to the real world with real world car interactions that made you realize just how bad the green screening was (laughs) but otherwise i could very much forgive old effects and green old green screening you know i'm i'm very lenient i just thought it was kind of amusing because it's so easy to tell nowadays the green screen i think it was meant to be obvious well, part, parts think, of it, parts of it. I think the budget was $3 million. Um, and it was shot in New South Wales? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no dissing to New South Wales, but it's also New South Wales. Yeah, New South Wales, uh, 2001, wouldn't, wouldn't buddy go there, mate? Oof. Actually, I think I did go to New South Wales in 2001. <laughs> that explains a lot. All right, so... um. He's like, oh yeah, let's 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 take this for a joyride, and then typical Australia rears its a dusty, hot, drunk head. Mm. Uh, we see some Australian drivers who are just assholes. They're really mean. Who are uh, tailgating and slamming on the horn, and then they go to overtake, but then they just like sort of start ramming the side of the car. Yep. Yep. And not even saying anything, just, like, sitting there staring, which was very, uh... It's really odd. Yes. I thought they would want to race, but they also seemed like they wanted to ram the car off the road. I wasn't sure what they wanted. See, this was at the point where I was like, oh, is it because she's killed the family and taken the car or something? I thought it was, like, a mafia mm. sort of thing, but but no, that's not it at all. Uh, so she pulls out a gun. You know, the blind girl pulls out a gun. Yeah. Little concerning, 
And then she fires at them, and they're like, holy shit. And they, you know, they slam on the brakes. Yeah. And then they speed away. She's a good shot. And th- the next thing she says is, I really hate violence. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> and the Japanese man's like, yeah, all right. And then she's like, oh, these are blanks. And you're like, oh, she's firing blanks. Is she, though? I don't know if I believe her, because she's obviously not firing blanks later in the movie. So she then says, uh, hey, so this car, plot twist I know, didn't actually belong to that family, that couple that did the whole murder-suicide thing. It actually belongs to another man Mm. who lives in a mine out on the top of a hill. Let's go there. I'll come with you, and we can uh, we can make you uh, the legal owner of the car. And he's like, sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. How long's that gonna take? What five days? No way. It'd be it'd be just an afternoon, just an overnight drive. And she's like, not nah, five days. Five days. And that is the road trip. Mm. We're on a road trip now. Road tripping. Now, unlike a regular road trip movie, where you would meet fun, wacky characters on the road. What this road trip movie does is every time you think they're about to, like, go to some crazy Australian town or they're going to get in a bar fight with a bunch of bogus No, instead of that happening is every time you think that sort of wacky adventure is going to happen, they do a flashback and make you feel really bad. So then they have the first flashback, which is uh, of, like, a circus, I think. It's like a touring circus, but for boxes. Yeah, so I was I wrote down the Australian Fight Club. Yeah, um, it is the Australian Fight Club. And uh, there's, this, there's this guy. He seems like a, a bogan, first <laughs> off. I mean, he's walking around with like a long neck. Yeah, yeah. A long neck VB or something. He, he's an Australian bloke, all right? He's, <laughs> he's in his, his wife beater yep. with his with his long neck VB of nondescript beer, mm-hmm. which is definitely not VB. He's wearing like beige shorts, which is the most Australian sort of shorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love me some beige shorts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crikey. Oh dear. But yeah, no, he goes over to the car and is like, oh, that's a that's a nice car. And she's mm. like, oh yeah. You wanna you wanna give it a whirl? Give it a whirl? Yeah, drive the car. Drivey drivey. And he's like, oh, I'd love to oh, but I can't cause cause my my dad and she's like, ugh. But then he comes back that night and they do go for a drive and she asks him, I need to go into the city, which is a five day drive mm-hmm. will you take me and he's like eh, I'll, we'll see mm. five day drive she's been trying to do this for three years this five day drive what are you why why, why is that why is that interesting i want you i want you because the destination what she's going to do she's been trying to do for like three something years she's been trying to do this for most of her young adult life no 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 but is the is this going into the city or out of it? Well, I think she's just lying to him to get her right. to take her to to the mine. Yeah. Yes, but I thought this guy could have been the guy that married the wife that shot themselves. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Mm, makes you think, Sandro. You got to think about it. It's two different actors though isn't it yeah because he's meant to be the younger version right? yeah but then why would she go and stay with him after the rest of the scene 
Anyway, he's like, yep, maybe I'll take you on the trip. Maybe I won't. One thing I know that I am going to do, though, is be one of the worst human beings possible. Yeah, because up to this point, you have some heartwarming scenes where they do like a fake fight. And then he tries to rape her. And it's a bit like, oh, great. That was a uh, metaphorical punch in the gut. Mm. So I was like, oh, so is this the guy that marries that other lady because he's the worst and then he shoots himself? Yeah, yeah, no, because he he takes the car. Yeah. As well. Maybe it is him. Maybe it was meant to be the same character. Yeah, Ah. that's what I'm saying. Does that mean that she killed him and she just said it was a murder-suicide? Perhaps she did. Maybe, Sandro, it just has to make you think about it. Maybe this is an art house (laughs) film, Sandro. Maybe you're thinking about this a lot and you're interpreting things. Maybe. Maybe it's an art house film. I think this is a blockbuster. Yeah. (laughs) This is a summer blockbuster. Crowd-pleasing movie. (laughs) Take your kids. (laughs) I don't think it's a summer blockbuster, that's for sure. It's a January blockbuster, maybe. So we cut back to the present. Uh, She is listening to the radio, uh, hearing a bunch Mm. of names on the radio, and she says this is the radio program every single day. Uh, in Australia, we've got this radio program where an announcer just lists off everyone who died the previous day. What? This was a thing? Why? Because it's the only way that you could find out if, you know, if, if someone died. It was either this or like a newspaper. It wasn't Facebook or anything. You just l- listen to the radio. How would they find out that an old man died in a mine? <laughs> well, yeah, because she's specifically listening to hear one particular name. But you're right. I don't yeah. think it, like, it would take, especially like years, yeah, ages to find someone who died where that guy would die. Because he doesn't have any friends who would come and check. Yeah, I think he was in the middle of nowhere in a mine and no one had checked up on him in literal years, like mm. 10 years. I don't think his name would have been said on that radio for the next 20. Yeah. Even if he if he did get shot on that scene. Yeah. But yeah, we see we see some air suspension. We see some uh French engineering. Mm, we also learn some other facts, but I wasn't watching the movie at the time, so I didn't learn them. Oh. That's right, because you didn't actually watch the movie. Yeah, no, 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 no. I've been faking it up to this point and hoping I've been correct. Did you see the part where he sees there's a lizard on the road? Mmm, a blue-tongue lizard. And he's like, oh, I've got to get me that lizard. And I was like, yeah, blue-tongue lizard. Yeah, and he pulls the car over, he goes down to go and pick up the lizard, but... Chomps right on his finger. Won't let go. Oh no! Must have been a bog eye. Bog eye lizard. On his finger. And it's the funniest part of the movie because we just get <laughs> like five minutes of him waiting for this lizard to let go of his finger. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, it could be a few minutes, could be an hour, could be a couple of days, you know. <laughs> and he's like, come on, mate. Come on, Come on, I'll be your friend. He's got to go pee. Yes. <laughs> he just stands peeing <laughs> while he's holding a lizard on his finger. <laughs> that was good, that was good. It's very funny. But yeah, little blue-eyed lizard, very harmless lizard, so it's very funny mm. to watch him freak out because he thought he was going to die <laughs> from this blue-tongue lizard. Uh, he he calls home. He's got this very intricate uh, telephone computer set up to call home in Tokyo. And he calls home 
And uh, as soon as he makes the call, he notices something's off. And we learn that he is actually wanted by the police. Whoa! Because he hacked into a computer and stole a million dollars. Whoa! Plot twist. He isn't just a rich Japanese man. He's a criminal Japanese criminal. man. And I was like, oh shit, you know, this is a wow. I didn't expect that. The whole thing is he's coming to get this car and he's not coming back. Yeah. You know? That's his sort of character's yeah. backstory. And we see the rest of the backstory later on in his other flashback. I feel like the girl's story is more important and they focus on that more. Which is, you know, it's the more interesting story. So I feel like they did that well. Yeah. And I learned everything I wanted to know about Japanese character because you learn everything you need to know about it in that one flashback, mm. you know. But that flashback comes a bit later uh, first, they've got to go to a hotel um, mm. where blind girl's grandmother used to dance. That's important for another flashback. A lot of this movie is you learn details about things and then 20-something minutes later, you see a flashback relating yeah. to the information you learned earlier. Hey, uh, Sandra, I got a question for you, though. Mm, mm, mm. Can you tell me what a movie's like? Oh, I, I I didn't write the quote down. I I can tell you what a movie's like. It's people <laughs> laughing and kissing and fucking each other in the dark. That is what a movie is like. So, for all of you movie enthusiasts tuning in, that's what a movie is. A movie is just people <laughs> laughing and kissing and fucking each other in the dark. <laughs> and I thought that was rather amusing for a movie to say. That was pretty funny. Especially for an art house movie to say. Yeah, yeah. People in the audience, you know, stop snogging each other for two seconds to laugh at this joke that the movie. No, made. no, no, no. Excuse me, excuse me. This is a festival movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience aren't snogging. They are Frenching. Ah, yes. Or doing drugs. Um, or doing... Or doing cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. The, 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 the dignified man's drugs, cocaine. Exactly. So they go to this this uh, bar where they ask about Esther. Grand- the grandmother. And then some asshole named Sam is like, oh yeah, there was like three here and I fucked all of them. <laughs> That's the most Australian. It's just this old guy sitting in the corner with like a jug of beer. And he's like, oh yeah, back in my day, there were a bunch of Esters and I screwed them all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Just making everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, I well- liked the hotel though. It was really really well designed because I don't know if you noticed, but um, almost every scene in the hotel was kind of split in half Mm. and one half of the screen would be one color and the other half of the screen would be the other color. And then you'd have like the characters Uh... in the middle. I don't know if it was on purpose, but it looked cool. Probably was on purpose. I feel maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it. We get, well, they have a dance scene. Goes mm-hmm. on for a little bit, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the dance scene because obviously she's blind, so he has to teach her how to dance. Yeah. Classic scene. Very nice, very cool. She gives him a big old snog and he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm down with that. That's what I was saying as well. Mm, yes. That's what I was saying as well because I was like, wait, isn't she like 16 or something? Yes. But it's okay. She's 20. Yes. It's fine. As we find out right now, because as soon as that happens, we then flash back 10 years in the past and we see that she's like 10. And they, they, uh, there's a sandstorm going. So they, so they rush into the car and we see this young girl and her mother. We see blind girl and blind girl's mother, uh, whose name is something. 
I can't remember. <laughs> she was good though. Good actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good actor, but oh my god, very dark story. Uh, we learned their story few through a few flashbacks. Mm. So I'm. I don't know about you, but I think we should just go through all of them here. We can go through all of them here. Yeah. Uh, they're in a sandstorm, and the, the daughter's like, "Hey, granddad touched me." She says it, and then it like immediately cuts to them laughing like a few days later yes it, it was such a sudden shot yeah yeah oof and the granddad's just kind of gross and drunk and slimy he runs this mine yeah it's just like Ugh. yeah real asshole they go to a chapel mm-hmm. and she starts teaching her to pray to god this was an interesting aspect of the movie because mm. the mother tells blind girl that it's her fault. Yeah. And she needs to ask forgiveness for what another person is is doing to her. That was something that they didn't really go into depth about, but that was a really... Yeah. Yeah, that was really, really messed up sort of yeah. situation where, of course, the mum is feeling super guilty. Because it also happened to the mum. Yes, as it turns out, was also abused. And, yeah. And... It's... it's it's dark. It's very dark. And it, it throws it at you. Doesn't pull any punches there. So yeah, the mother then can't handle it and they run away. Mm. She's like, oh, thank God, they run away. And then the the mum tries to kill herself. She lights the house on fire and kills herself and is like, yay, don't worry, we can be together. Come to mummy. Mummy loves you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then the blind girl just just runs for it, and um, yeah. supposedly, yeah, just lives on her own. That's why we see her sleeping out in the bush with with wild dogs, because that's you know mm. they uh they help to protect her. She's just out on her own at this point. Yeah, rough, really, real. Like that f- that flashback in particular was just yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it hits you. So yes, very very dark movie. Very. Whew. Then we cut back to the present. Uh, there's a scene about the sound of death and insects smacking into the mm. car windshield. Yeah, she she was uh, trying to make him close his eyes to listen to the sound of death. Mm. Then they stopped at another hotel. Yep, they stop at a hotel and she's like, hey, why don't... I, wild concept, I know. Mm. How about we make love... And he's like, um, let me think about it. All right. Yeah, he's not very confident at first, but then, yeah, then they bang. And it's, uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty tasteful, extended, uh, sex scene that we get. It made me feel uncomfortable because we just had abuse going on in the, uh, the flashback before. I like that it's like, yes... That can happen, and that's bad, but then also you see the the nice side of it, you know. He pretty quickly afterwards is like, oh, love you. And then we also see that she's training. She's training with a gun. She's shooting the radio. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that. I liked that she was listening to the sound of the radio mm. to, sh- to aim her gun and shoot it, and she shoots right through it. And yeah. I was like, ooh, she's a, she's a stone-cold Steve Austin. <laughs> what? You haven't heard that one before, Stone Cold Steve Austin? I have heard that. I was expecting you to say something very different. Yeah, killer. I'm not sure what. Killer? Yeah. Anything but Steve Austin. 
to be honest. I was going to say killer, but then I was like, I'm going to throw you a curveball <laughs> for comedy's sake. So, so then he's like, hang on, why are you practicing with a gun? And he asks her questions. And I think, yeah, she tells him everything at this point. Yeah, and they have a bit of a fight because he doesn't like death. No. Oh, oh yes. If you're not clear, uh, listeners, yeah, what is happening is she's going to the mine to kill Gramps. Mm, she's yes. going to the mine to kill the bad grandpa. And he's like, yep. "You revenge and killing's not a good thing. I don't know if this is exactly something that you want to do. So she walks off for a bit. Angry. Angry. Because she really wants to kill the grandpa. Yep. And so he has, he, he storms after her. Mm. Then we have a flashback. We have his flashback. Yes, we learn about him and we see him in a noodle shop. Because also there's like a scene where uh, they talk about Japan. Yeah. And he describes Japan as noodles. Yeah. Uh, smells like noodles, sounds like noodles. Yeah. Uh, which was very good. But yeah, then we see this flashback that sees why he talks about noodles so much. He's a huge fan of noodles because it's him with his buddy, mm. his best friend. Best friend. And they're at like a noodle stand. Man, I really want to go to just a noodle stand. Just get a nice bowl of freshly brewed noodles. Just chow down. Because they're going through bowl after bowl after yeah. bowl. Well, I think they're competitive. I think they're eating competitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, they finish up eating the noodles and the guy's like, oh, by the way, figured out the password. And the other guy's like, ah, you didn't figure out the password, you silly Billy. And he's like, no, I figured it out. Here you go. Here you go. And he's like, oh, yeah, if you figured out the password, why didn't you use it? And he's like, ah, I don't need it. Anyway, you're, <laughs> the doodles are on you. Bye. Because you now have access to a million dollars because of this password. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they have a little mock fight as the guy's like, no, you pay for the noodles. What the fuck? <laughs> pay for your own noodles. And then they have a little fight. And I was like, oh, they're best friends. Best friends. I sure hope nothing bad happens to the friend immediately after he does his one significant thing in the plot. Well, well, you would be pleased to learn... That, no. He leaves the restaurant, uh, mm. the noodle stand. He's like, ha you're gonna be a millionaire. I'm so proud of you, buddy. And then he gets hit by a car and dies. What? Oh! A truck, actually. He gets hit by a truck. Oh, no. I don't think it matters what he's hit by, to be honest. I think he's still dead. That was a good shot where you see yeah, him... Yeah, very gory. Yeah, you see him... Very gory. ...dying, blood, truck on one side of the screen, light rail on the other side, as like, mm. like it goes past, and then the body's right in the centre. So clearly, clearly his buddy gave him the password to get that million dollars, which he used to buy the car yes. and fly over. Maybe it would have been nice if maybe the friend mentioned the car was a car that he really liked. Uh, blind girls back in the car. They're back on the road. They're driving to the mine. Time for another flashback. This one is 30 years ago. Mm. And this one tells the tale of, yeah, the mum. We see grandfather with the police investigating... The goddess, the car, the goddess, it's been found on the street, it's empty, but there's a little bit of blood in it, and the, the last person seen driving the car was uh, the grandmother. And so the grandfather's like, well, I guess she's dead. Yep. And he goes crazy because of it. Yep. He goes crazy because of it, starts abusing the mum, bad stuff happens, he becomes a drunk man. Yeah, he just gives up on all the uh, things he was doing, he breaks it down, he smashes it and then just becomes drunk and then we cut to another ad for the car <laughs> mm. that was 
probably a really good editing choice because every single flashback ends on like a oh boy moment like a really dark moment yeah no they're super dark and it's just like suddenly light-hearted ad for a car <laughs> yeah that was a fun choice real real swings your mood around a bit it does so they have arrived at the grandfather's mine uh she's like i'm gonna go do this by myself but he closely follows after her they head down into the mine she's got the gun he is like, you really shouldn't kill this grandfather. Mm. Yes, he was a terrible person, but killing someone is going to change you and is probably going to be bad and you might end up in jail. And she's like, I don't care. And then he proposes to her and she's like, I still don't care. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, fuck, fuck, fuck. People always just fucking kill each other. He goes, fuck. He then drops his light mm. and he goes, fuck, 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 fuck. Very funny. That was good. I don't know if that was meant to be funny, but I'm glad that you got humour out of it. <laughs> oh, I found that very funny for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and then uh, she goes into the mine. She's like, he's here. I know he's here. Yep. She finds him. Yep. And she asks him why. Why did he do all these things? And he's like, oh, hey, you're here. Hey, Esper's going to be here soon. And then your mother's going to be here. And we're all going to be here. And we're going to be one happy family. Let's go get some wine to celebrate. And it's like, oh, he's just fucking crazy now. He's lost it. I mean, he's been down in a mine by himself for 10 years. So 10 years. Yeah. He's completely lost it. Yeah. And she puts the gun to the back of his head, but doesn't pull the trigger. And she, she goes up to the Japanese guy and he's like, yeah, that's right. You've learnt your lesson. The cycle of hatred is done. Let's get out of here. And they drive off into the sunset to live happily ever after here in Australia. They move to Melbourne. Yep. And then Border Patrol from Japan comes over and takes him away. Oh, no. And then she didn't go to school, so she can't get a job. So she just becomes the bl first blind police officer, oh. able to use a gun on any ne'er-do-wells that dare to make any sound. Hell yeah. She's the only police officer you can say that isn't racist because she doesn't see colour. Because she doesn't see anything. Hey, whoa. What do you mean the only, what do you mean the only police officer? The Australian cops actually aren't too, I mean, they're not great, but they're not too bad here. Yeah, at least they're not American cops. Good lord. And that is the end of The Goddess of 1967. It ends with some cool music. The music for the whole film is great, but the credit song in particular was really cool. Yeah. And that is the end of the movie. What are you going to rate it out of our binary rating system of oldie, goodie, or some random award that we make up every or now and anything then? anything in between. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's the thing, because we have a binary system. I'd like to put this middle ground, but we have no middle ground. We don't have a middle ground. Because I... I, I it made me feel things, not necessarily good things. And that's the point of the movie. Yeah. But I don't know if I want that. But also, watching the movie was enjoyable and it was an experience. It was a little long, but I feel like that was the point. But all art house movies are too fucking long. Wow. So that's fair. Oof. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say, after all that little uh, preamble, I'll probably, probably give it a goodie. Yes. Probably give it a goodie. But it's in the context of... I would suggest this to a friend only if they were really into art house movies. Oh, neither of us have many friends to recommend this movie to. 
I would recommend it to Ben. I would also recommend it to Ben. There we go. <laughs> Say, Ben, if you're listening, this is a goodie. Everyone else, it's an oldie. This is probably the first movie like this that we've covered that Ben hasn't seen. <gasps> Hey, Ben's gonna love this film. We should have gotten Ben on to do this episode. Why didn't Ben come? Honestly. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely a goodie for me as well. It's probably gonna rank quite highly at the end of the year for me as well, because I, I, I thought this was very good and weirdly forgotten. More people need to know about this. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. With our binary ranking system done, it's time now to move on to something that only really works when we cover blockbusters, but we're doing it for this movie anyway. 2001 Crossover Time! Alright, yeah, boy. Oh boy. I don't know if I want to cross over this movie with anything. It doesn't work at all if you cross over it. Really doesn't work at all, but it's a part of the format of the show. It will be a sequel, though, so I guess we can ruin this franchise completely Mm. with a sequel. Exactly. How this works, because 2001 was only interested in making crossovers as as follow-up movies. I've got a random number generator. Mm. It's going to generate a number between 1 and 159. The number that it lands on... We are going to make a crossover between this movie and the movie we reviewed on that episode number. Yeah. Every single time we've done this, we've gotten an episode that came out very recently. If this happens again, I will choose a different random number generator for next week's show. I mean, you know, it's random, so we could just get recent movies. I feel like it's been good so far. Yeah. Especially our first one. Our first one was pretty good. Our second one was alright. second one was not bad as well, so let's do it. This is going to be terrible either way. I'm pressing the generate button right now. 49. Hey, see, there we go. That's a that's a much older episode. Now, mm-hmm. now we're talking. Let's, that will really stretch our memories as to, to what even happened 49. in that movie. 49. That was like the first year. We were doing 90 movies, like 90s movies yeah. in that time. Oh my God. All right. 49 is Drop Zone. Zach, do you remember what Drop Zone is about? <laughs> I'm going to Google Drop Zone so I can remember what Drop Zone was about. Drop Zone was an episode we did with Jacob as guest. Oh, Drop Zone! Drop Zone's great! No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Drop Zone's the best movie we've ever watched. (laughs) Oh, there's that stupid comedy because they have, like, parachuters and have to recruit parachuters. Yeah, it was... But um, then the parachuters are edgy. Yeah, it was the... Edgy parachute action movie starring Blade himself, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes is great. Okay, so either Japanese man and blind girl go to America, wherever this movie was set, or Wesley Snipes comes to Australia. I feel, hear me out, hear me out. Now I'm going to throw a a little curveball, Mm. because we're not curveball enough already. I think this is a prequel to figure out how the Japanese man got all that money. 
We never know who he stole the money off. This but, could it be? But, but this doesn't really make it a crossover, really. It's just kind of a. I mean, I guess it's crossing on over the point of drop zone and and plot element of Goddess of nineteen sixty seven. So sure, it counts. Keep going. Well, you know what? You know what? Here's it. Hear me out. Hear me out. Actually, it's got to be both. It's got to be have prequel elements because it's got to have flashbacks in it to prequel elements. Of course. Where we find out that maybe Wesley Snipes or maybe the bad guy in this movie is the one that had all the money mm. and it all got stolen. That would actually, yeah, because I think I think the point of Drop Zone was it was a group of people that skydived into buildings and stole stuff. Yes. So maybe the bad guy from Drop Zone had a stash of like a million dollars stored somewhere in Japan on one of their servers and he... Uh, and he... Well, it's just NFTs. Oh yeah, yeah! It's just a bunch of NFTs. Yeah, but their but their um source code thingy, whatever it is, you know the mm. the the line of text mm. that you own. They were stored on the servers, and the Japanese man managed to hack the password for those. Yep. for those ones. Bam! Got a hold of them. Stole the money. Boom! Now he's got these NFTs, but now the bad guys from Drop Zone are after him. Yes, yes. Uh, did any of them survive? No, it's not the same bad guy because I think he dies. It's just the group, the last remnants of the group of the evil group are after Japanese man because he's got the rest of the bad guys' money. But then they learn that he sold the NFTs to get the money to buy the car. So then. The drop zone bad guys are after the car. Mm. And so now it's a sort of... And then they have to, of course, get Wesley Snipes. Yep, he comes down to Australia. Yeah, yeah, they have this whole thing of evading the bad guys. But in the end, the bad guys steal the car. Mm. And then they have to steal it back. Boom, they have to do a drop zone jump out of a plane. And we have blind girl has to jump out of a plane. Yep. And is fucking terrified because that sounds awful. And of course, uh, what's the tallest? Is the Eureka building the tallest building here in Australia? I think it is. It's one of the most iconic, so we'll go with that one. We'll go with that one. They've got to drop onto that building and then also drop off of that building. The car is stored on like the clear glass platform that you can stand on Mm. on that building. Yeah, there's like a, there's an auction for the car so they can get all their money back. In the end, it's all explained to, like, the cops or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the people, and they're like, oh, I see what happened, these bad guys stole it, thing. Well, it's still auctioned off for this much money. Do you want to still sell the car for all this money? And he's like, no, it's not about the money. It's about the air suspension. Air suspension. <laughs> and, and Wesley Snipes obviously works for the police, and they've got access to special equipment. They kit out the car. And now the car not only has air suspension, the car can air suspend. It can fly. It can fly now. Oh, Flanker. okay. Okay. Wow. Flanker. Incredible. That is the drop zone of 1967. And that is a terrible movie and a terrible pitch and I hate everything. Next segment. Next segment. It's time. For everyone's favorite reviews, it's r- 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 rotten reviews. Ooh. Part of the show where I go to the one place where reviewers go, Rotten Tomatoes. 
this was an art house movie, so most people that saw it saw it because it was an art house movie, and they were like, "Hey, I like these sort of movies. Wow, I liked this movie." Whoa, plot twist! So it was it was rather positive, but but you got a couple good ones. I got a ah, uh, I got a couple of the best ones. Oh no. <laughs> I would never say that any reviews that I get are good, Sandro. You should know that by now. That is a good point. All right. All right. So how this works, you've got to guess the score that the reviewers gave it between 0.5 and 5, and I will tell you their review. Are you ready? I am indeed ready. Uh, Sergo says, artsy or pretentious? You decide. It's not arty enough to be pretentious, though, I don't think. Mm, mm. What a what a great review. He's saying you decide your review. Mm, that is a good point. <laughs> uh, it's got to be right down the middle, 2.5. Oh, you were right. It was right down the middle, but it was a three. <sighs> it was more of a more of a positive down the middle. You were on the right track, though. Mm. Uh, Fatima says, I cried, dot, dot, dot. And that's all I have to say, dot, dot, dot. I wonder where uh, where Fatima cried. Would it be the ending when she's deciding that she doesn't want to go down this route? Yeah, I think Probably. I think the ending where she doesn't shoot him and in the end decides is pretty emotional. Yeah. I'm going to say that's probably a four. Mm, but you have to remember, this is rotten reviews where people are either at one end or the middle. Oh, it's not five out of five, is it? Of course it was five out of five. They cried, Sandro. They cried. Yeah, it's true. Crying is the greatest form of flattery. So no one says that. <laughs> you are the first person to have said that. Yeah. I think I am the first person to have said that. I'm going to trademark it right now. And finally... We have the last one mm. of these these lovely reviews, which is Hugh. Hugh says, sometimes disjointed. And not everything works, but this mildly quirky film does manage to keep you watching. Quirky? <laughs> yeah. That's a... Quirky. That's a way too lighthearted word to be associated with this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. This is this review. Questionable. Yeah, it's an interesting one. 3.5. Oh, close again, but you added an extra 0. Oh. 0.5. It's three out of five. It's three out of five. Damn it, damn it. I got none and of they those. they were the only reviews that mattered. And I got none of those correct. You know what I just realized? What did you realize? I didn't write any quotes down from this movie to bring back. Oh, oh, yeah. There was one thing I was going to suggest you bring it back, mm. but I've forgotten it. Yeah, I didn't really write down any quotes. Uh, aside from one, which is my favorite quote of the year, but I don't really want to bring it back. Maybe I'll just just bring back the concept of art. Maybe maybe you should bring back a sploosh. What did it, what did you call oh, it? A plop. A plop. Yeah, you should bring back plop. <laughs> but I created plop, so I'm not really bringing it back, though, am I? You're bringing it back from earlier in this podcast. I'll just write down plop in my bringing it back notes. <laughs> plop. I'm bringing it back! Bringing it back! And that is the end of the episode right there. Thank you so much for listening. We apologise for making fun of people that like art movies. Mmm. I don't. Sandro speaks for himself. But also, I kind of like these artsy movies as well. Yeah. They're pretty good. But I also thoroughly enjoy making fun of pretentious people. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, you know. Uh, but if you do like the show and you want to stay in contact, uh, I mean, there's new episodes every week and you can hear that on, on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. But you can also keep up to date on Instagram at oldiebuttagoodypod, my Instagram at S-A-N-D-R-O-F-A-L-C-E. Your Instagram is Zach Fordums, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you sometimes post there. By sometimes, I mean never, but maybe soon. Who knows? Who knows? We're on Facebook. Uh, you can also rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That helps get it out in front of new people. You can subscribe on YouTube. And you can subscribe on patreon.com forward slash pod. Get that episode of Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Get that episode of New York Ninja. Hear us review every single Police Academy movie for some reason because all our Patreons really hate us. Yikes. And all the other stuff and things over there, they help keep the show alive. Uh, so we we are eternally grateful to the people over on Patreon. And that is everything I have to plug, I think. All right then, Sandra. You know what that means. No. Well, you should. We've done how many episodes? More than 159, I would say. (laughs) You should know that at the end of the episode, you have to pick the next movie. Oh, yay! Yeah! So we got a few options for this week. Uh, Head over heels. A woman and her four model friends see a man living across from them kill someone. But it's also a rom-com, so they probably fall in love. That sounds... Uh, bad. I passed that. I like the name, though. Head over heels, because it's just like they cut off his head. Oh, cut off the head. Yeah, that's a good pun. Yeah, head over heel. Ha ha! That's a good pun. Yikes. Uh, the Invisible Circus. Ooh. A teenage girl travels to Paris in the 1970s, trying to find out about her sister's suicide. Ooh. Uh, it stars Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah. And Doctor Who Wannabe. Christopher Eccleson. Oh, well, he does. Yeah, he yeah, he would become the Doctor in a couple years. Mm. Sounds sad, though. And we just did something sad. Correct. A million dollar hotel. Oh, that doesn't sound sad because money. Yeah, a whodunit set in a rundown hotel with a bunch of mentally ill people. Oh, no. <laughs> it's also directed by the guy who did Wings of Desire. That was an arty film. Yes, so this is probably very arty and sad. Valentine! A slasher movie about a group of women who are stalked by a killer wearing a Cupid mask. That movie has the least amount of identity out of all the other options, and purely based off that, it doesn't sound sad, and therefore, do I pick a Valentine-themed slasher? It's 2001. Slasher movies were bad in 2001. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be real bad. All the good ones were long gone. I'll pick... Valentine, I guess. <laughs> Killer wearing a Cupid mask? Sure. Or oh, 2001 slasher. This is going to be rough. <laughs> this is going to be bad. So next week, is this is this the last movie of January? Or have I think, we got one I think more? We're, well, I think we're in February at this point. All oh, right. Wait, when did Valentine come out? Let me just double check. Came out February 2nd? Uh, it depends how bad this movie is. We'll decide. <laughs> I feel like we can decide on the day whether it was a true January movie. We'll we'll see next week uh, for Valentine. We'll wrap it up right now with the best quote from Goddess of 1967. Mm -hmm. Mine is a quote I forgot to mention where Blind Girl asks Japanese men, both their legal names, (laughs) what is it like living in Tokyo? 
And he says, living in Tokyo is like living in Mars. Not the planet, the chocolate bar. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> My mine is, of course, the one I mentioned earlier, which is describing what a movie is like. Oh, yes. Which, of course, it's people laughing, kissing, and fucking each other in the dark. Now that sounds like a real plop. <laughs> oh, 